really get into the nitty-gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs. And we tend to go off on tangents every so often. If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered. Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. And this is Mornings with Monsters. Today, we are talking about Modrons. <laughs> now, I just, I literally, all of my research, the way that I read, like, I say the important words in my head and, like, Modrons is what I was saying the whole time. Anyway. Well, you know, one could be forgiven for mispronouncing made-up words. This is true. That. <laughs> like <laughs> fantasy creatures <laughs> that don't actually, you know, exist. I always think about how like no one knows how a name is pronounced except for the person who has the name because it doesn't matter how it's spelled or how it should be said. Like, yeah, you know, there's like, probably some mo- old dude who's like, it's Moodrons. It's yeah. Moodrons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, this one has like so many names because for however many sides it has, it has different names. Anyway, Modrons. They are a law-abiding creature. They um, are the embodiment, um, embodiment, the embodiment of universal principle of order. They, yeah, they're some weird fucking dudes, guys. They, I didn't, I don't think I had any idea about these. They kind of look like just i mean wacky they little look steampunk like, uh life forms yeah 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 very steampunk. Like if you had an artificer who just had like too much time on his hands he would take a bunch of like people's faces and scraps of metal and end up with modrons yeah yeah like definitely like as people and creatures just started like dying it just created these i mean it's not really but that's what it That's, seems. It like. looks like it. They're fucking weird, um, but cool. If, well, yeah, they're. I don't. They've got complex structures or simple structures. The most common ones are, uh, going to be like, huh? Spheres. Well, so it's actually it. Yeah, it's it. It's a geometric shape. So like they're most commonly spheres or cubes um and the amount of walls or the amount of sides that the uh, modron has actually determines how uh, determines its ranking in society so when a modron is a circle it's going to be like the lowest on the lowest of the ranking i don't like the term lowest on the totem pole because that's backwards you um, could say uh, lowest caste. Yes, yeah. It so it's a like, very strict caste system that they adhere to. Yeah, because yeah. it's the ones above them are the only ones above them, technically. Because one that's too above them is too advanced for one that's too below them to understand. And that's. Yeah, the coolest part about Modrons is that their complexity of mind increases with the caste. So yeah. the very lowest rung, they're only capable of of doing one thing at a time. So if that means talking, they have to sit still. 
if that means marching, that's all they can do. They can't talk. They can't do weaponry or anything like that. So, yeah. And if that means stabbing, that's all they're doing. They're they're only stabbing, Mm -hmm. which is kind of scary. I like don't think I knew that exactly. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah, like um, everything from a mudron culture level is they're they're used to maintain the order of the like outer planes you know and yeah they all have like specific goals basically you know what i mean and um like we see it in the what is it called the great modron march yeah where they they go and take a tour of basically the entire outer realm and make sure it's still working Yep, make sure that the law of order is still adhered to. And it's funny because in those in those marches, uh, maybe 2% or something like that of the Modrons who sent, set out turn home. And, uh, and, and so it's like, it's not only a like, very big job, but it's also super dangerous for them, but they don't care because, you know, they're, they're meant for it. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're going to have to talk about the the march to explain the modron a little bit more um yeah. when we say that they maintain order in the outer realms when they go on their march they they traverse every plane of existence which is weird because it happens every like 278 years like clockwork but to explain the the modron much like the slod we have to explain where they're from a little bit uh which is an interesting place it's called mechanis um it is the exact opposite side of uh this kind of circle of <laughs> of spheres or of of outer planes from the slot so there's the the realm of chaos and then on the ac- exact opposite side there's mechanis and mechanis is super super crazy um because if you were to go there it wouldn't make sense to you um, for example, uh, essentially the entire plane is made of six continent sized cogs, uh, with other massive cogs that move and go through cycles. It's pretty cool. You should go look at some pictures. Um, but if you go there, everything is so ordered that, uh, when you try and roll a dice, it will always roll in sequence. So it will go one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then if you were to observe even the dirt on the ground. If you could look at a microscopic level, everything would be an exact, uh, like ordered sequence of of uh, little cogs and things moving. Um, you you can't even pour water, and uh, <laughs> you can't even pour water with the, like randomly. It will always pour in specific quantities each time. Uh, and that's that that's just kind of everything so like if you if you were to just take your backpack full of stuff and dump it on the ground then mechanis itself would organize it in some way that makes sense to mechanis so i mean that makes sense because like when we were talking about slod and the chaotic realm of limbo we were talking about how the rules there are chaos and so you could stand on water and it would turn into fire or lava or whatever. So having a, a an exact opposite where you can try to introduce chaos to this place, but the law of this plane will create order out of that. Yeah, I think 
I think that it's important for us to understand Mechanus, to understand the the Modrons, because when we say that they traverse the outer planes to try and... Um... Can I say something? Yeah. Because uh, I, I just read this, and I think it's kind of cool because we're talking about Slod. Um, so in Mechanus exists uh, Primus, the... One and Prime, the, uh, what is he called? The Supreme Mudron. He, like, created the Mudrons. Yep. Kind of like a god deity. Yeah, um, he's he's the ultimate Mudron, essentially. Yeah, and he also, in a, uh, indirect, well, like, kind of directly, but not purposefully created the slod race yep. yeah with the the egg that would turn chaos into order yeah i think mm -hmm. that's so cool the spawning yeah. stuff and oh. yeah for me i feel like he did that almost to give a contrast to exact order because order doesn't necessarily mean uh no chaos it, in fact it would mean an exact uh, amount of chaos that would make sense in the grand scheme of things so yeah it's like i think his intention was to create order but yes and in doing so, yeah he created chaos and chaos and order are are two sides of the same coin as much as they are uh as much as there is like a fine line in between the two of them i i think like as as ordered as these uh modrons are they sound like they are beings that could very closely relate to beings of chaos um <clears throat> in my opinion because i think i think those lines get a little blurred when you start saying that this is the way something is and that's the only way and that's the right way but yeah so the modrons um they are technically not little robots they're technically like creatures right I, it says constructs in 5e i mean i don't think that was always true um because they are a monster uh but you have yeah, to think have of them ability. well yeah you have to think of them as uh as, as like a, a cyborg like a robot an unfeeling robot essentially because they most of the time like if you're talking about a monodrome they can't they can't even feel an emotion <laughs> unless that's the one thing that they're doing. Um, they also uh, can't be compelled to act in a manner contrary to uh, its nature or its instruction. So you can't charm them. Uh, you, your DM would have to really allow that to be a thing in their campaign because the way that they're built, they're really not supposed to be affected by mind-altering magic too much. Because they're not really essentially driven by, you know, emotion or thought. They're just driven by what they're told they're supposed to do. Or their one task. Which is dictated by uh, Mechanus. <laughs> it's it's all about keeping the gears of the universe turning. Uh, and then they go out every 289 years uh, to make sure everything's working. But that is also heavily debated, apparently about why they actually go on their march. So I read that some believe that there is a fixed amount of Modrons, and every time one dies, Primus makes another one. I've also read that he has to make more, and in doing so, 
overpopulates Mechanus, and then every 289 years, he sends them out into the universe, basically to die. Um, but they are remade, and everything kind of shifts upwards. Because there's more than uh, just what's in the monster manual. It goes past uh, Pentadrone, and then all the way up to Secondus, which there's only yeah, four of them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I like that, you know, if a higher rank uh, Modron dies, then there will be kind of a shift upwards, you know? Yep. Um, like, it's cool because I, when I was learning science in, in high school, there was like a bunch of sea creatures who do that. Yeah. And yeah, it's really cool to see that, like, you know, something that we see in nature that is kind of baffling and is a little like hard to understand from a human standpoint in our limited like view of nature it's cool to incorporate that into our fantasy game in a way where like well we need to keep order and we already have these you know what i mean yeah. like it probably takes a lot less energy for primus to alter an already created being than it would be to create something of that power from nothing you know yeah i I think uh, Primus, I think I understand him quite a bit more than I did when we talked about the slot after, you know, deep diving the Modron. Because that's what he is. He's basically a Modron because if he dies, he is also instantly replaced by one of the Secondus. And uh, yeah, so he just can't die. Uh, although he has died once. He can be killed, though. He can be killed, yeah, but he's yeah. just replaced. Yeah. yeah, but their immortality is like, because like they are immortal, but they're also it's it because of like the shift thing that's like almost built into their immortality mechanics. It's like a different type of immortal, in my opinion. It's really just um, like the their plane. souls are immortal. Yeah, it's really just the plane of mechanis making sure that the tools of order stay on the shelf, basically, you yeah. know, it, it's, yeah. it's making sure that it stays the way that it needs to, which is pretty cool that a plane yeah. has the control to do that, you know? Yeah. It's very, it's very, very interesting. I completely agree. I really like Mechanus. Um, even like the, the parts where like the cogs are always moving. And so they have yeah. like scaffolding, that uh put goes across the different cogs and they have to remake that constantly because they are shifting ever so slightly so there's like a you know probably like a million little monodrones where that's their task or you know because uh, yeah, doesn't it take like um a few cycles for, for yeah. the gears to do a revolution that would make sense uh mechanism real small yeah so it completes 17 cycles uh, once so like it takes 289 years for it to complete 17 cycles whatever that means however however that math works out um okay and then that's when they send a mass of uh of these modrons and when we say like they send them out they're not going out on a war mission they're going out uh to all the planes to observe and uh, basically record, and then only a handful of them make it back. Because yeah, for like, us, very for like us Star Trekky. I was about to say, for us in the service industry, imagine if you will, one one time, 
a month or a year, let's say a year, we have on the same exact day all the health inspectors yeah. uh, like go go out to every restaurant that they can, every single restaurant that they can at the same time or in near enough same time as they can. And uh, the only difference is, is that in some places, those restaurants fight back and the health inspectors never come back home. Uh, but it would be like that. It's a bureaucratic checkup to make sure that not only are you on a personal level adhering to the laws of, of order, but like so is your plane, you know? There are things that are not defying laws of nature or like um, causing chain reactions where like, you know, even if it in a hundred years, it wouldn't come to fruition. But still at that end of a hundred years, maybe an Armageddon or like some kind of interplanar catastrophe that could affect other things and snowball. That's what they're trying to prevent. True. So like time people in Loki. Uh, yeah, essentially, but there's, there's, um, I've never seen it, but I could assume. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, kind of lends in, and I don't think we should talk about it too much, because I think it's an interesting topic for another video. Um, but what do they do when people are messing up the rules of, uh, you know, everything? Well, there's a set of, <laughs> there's a, there's basically like a space force where uh, yep. they're going to come in and they're going to stop things. And each one uh, has like a uh, dictated like a uh, thing that they don't approve of, which they will appear out of the, you know, they'll plane shift into existence wherever it's going on and take care of it. So things like. Like parallel uh, timelines or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, things like travel, that. Uh, yeah, time resurrection yeah. too much. Like, yeah, like certain kinds of resurrection. Wait, it's and, so funny because that it literally like it sounds like the Time Bureau in And Blue it's Bureau. funny because they have an, like one of the coolest names for that group who does that thing in D&D and so you guys will have to tune in for our episode on the inevitables. Yes. Inevitably. Oh yeah. <laughs> the inevitables. And uh they're not even in 5e unfortunately. That's okay. We're going to do one anyway because they're yeah. fucking rad. Yeah, they are. And you could have them in your campaign. You, there's plenty yeah. of stuff online that you can make work. Well, but... We're not a strictly 5e D&D monster podcast. No, we that's are... true. That's true. But like, I've heard that you can find a pretty easy parallel homebrew if you want an inevitable and you just kind of reskin a solar angel. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how those things get sent out. Um, I don't necessarily know that the Modrons um, are like sending them to home base and then Primus is sending these things out. But I think the fact that they are going to observe uh, that those things will be observed it is just enough for these inevitables which spawned from a war where primus was like okay we'll get rid of all the chaos which is when the slots were made and then uh there you know all the the realms banded together to take down the forces of you know evil in the in the universe and the multiverse uh and that's when the inevitables were created was uh, essentially to do that but you know it's D, so things backfired and primus died and there's multiple storylines so that gets really deep, but Modrons. Yes. Modrons. On our episode today. Yes. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're very, very fun. Um, and I uh, I think that the March of the Modron or whatever uh, the exact name of it 
uh, was a campaign setting in like uh, 3.5, I believe. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that just makes so much sense. It seems like it seems like a really, really good old school, um, you know, campaign setting. It just kind of makes sense. The artwork, uh, the ideas, uh, the and and for 3.5 specifically because. Uh, the role play <laughs> it seems like there'd be some really cool stuff um yeah I, th- I think they i've never seen them used in a 5e campaign um right but i think that would be really really fun i mean um, could you imagine like being a player and confronting something like this like especially a lower cast modron it would be hilarious in my opinion yeah i think uh they would be very unique to role play as a dm um yeah because they can only do one thing at a time because uh, most of the time when you're running into them, you're probably only running into the first uh, three, maybe four types. But for the most part, it's going to be the monodrones uh, because yep. there's like 300 million of them. So they're sending yep. those out. But I'm sure there would also be the duodrones and the tridrones, maybe some quadrones. I think the pentadrones are kind of like the ones at the top that can oversee all the other ones. Um, to make sure that they're doing their, their stuff right. Uh, and then I would assume that everything else uh, is kind of still on mechanist because there's less than 100 of each of the higher types of them. Gotcha. So we're, we go up to we go to like middle management. Yeah, there's like and Decaton. So CEO and up are back on the home planet. Yeah, but there's so much more. There's there's like the Decaton, there's a hundred of those, the non the nonaton, which is eighty-one, octon sixty-four, septon forty-nine, hexton thirty-six, quinton twenty-five, quarton, there's sixteen of those, the the tertian, I think, uh, there's nine of those, and then there's secondus, and there's only four of those. And those are rough rough numbers, but it goes all the way up. I like secondus because it's like, well, eventually we'll be primus yeah yeah um and there's actually like i saw the the time when primus died uh they were going to promote you know one of the secondus um but then he was uh challenged by another one uh which was only a thing because it was set as a rule in the this mechanist is like you know it was is a rule of mechanist that you could challenge another secondus to uh, take the seat of Primus. Um, and so that's when they decided to have a competition to see how many, uh, how many basically beings of chaos they could kill. So one goes out and kills as many slot as he can. And then another one goes out and just has a bunch of other people kill a bunch of gnomes and loses because he broke the rules and he was a corrupted. He was one of the like variant Modrons because he was corrupted by a god from a different chaotic Thing. whatever but I, the main point was again the gnomes again again like, it's always the gnomes why are so much gnome hate really? i don't understand like someone really pissed off like the D writers who love to play a gnome in yeah. dungeon and dragons or something because the gnomes are constantly enslaved they're reflavored put in space and used as a food source they <laughs> they are like just always like i have hard love for the gnomes and so it's it's sad when i see them treated such yeah man it's just because they're little i guess i like, yeah. I mean because they're little be. and they're easy to manipulate 
Yeah, it's I like, mean they're not they're not usually evil, so it, it, it's yeah. not hard to kind of enslave something so small. Yeah, even the, and like something that's willing to help you, and yeah. like maybe be a little tricky, but like you're trickier. Yeah, more than likely. Um, I feel like we have a good segue to lead into that variant of Modron. Yeah. What I like about that is that in the Modron society, you can apply to, like, forego the normal Modron life cycle so that, like, if you die, you, get, you disappear and then you get remade as, like, a new Modron. You can, you can apply to Mechanists. Uh, under like a bureaucratic law that says that you can basically like get out of that cycle. You're cut off from the mechanist like energy pool. And if you apply for it, you can just basically be a free Modron. So most of the lower caste Modrons aren't really capable of thought processes that would al uh, allow them to think, oh, I should apply for this. So if by some chance like they're corrupted by an outside source or they get ordered to do something that they find they're incapable of or that it is impossible, they can actually be a renegade Modron and those who do not apply for it, they end up getting like hunted and slaughtered on sight by the ones who are still very much in the lawful order. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like if you have the freedom of thought, you can get out of the cycle, but if you don't and you do, you're pretty much just going to get killed. <laughs> You know, that makes me think, like, why that rule is there. It's so that players can play Modron. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they want 100%. to, you know. Or, like, if a DM really, really wants the, the group to have, like, a sidekick, you know what I mean? Yeah, which is overpowered. I mean, because you can't... No, I want to put one on your ship. Right. <laughs> um... I mean, you could play Modron, but, like, you would have to be... Like, the way they think about things is, like, different. It would be hard to actually roleplay, I think, because you would have to kind of think, like, I know the way things are supposed to be because I see the underlying mathematics of all. I understand that the perfect, like, quantity of water to pour into a glass is the same every time, and this is the number that corresponds with that act. And so, like... Yeah, but you but don't also, really need to know. Like I was you about need to, say, to know. Like you can't really express any of that as a Modron unless no. you're like a higher level one. So you you would know all of that, and yet you'd have it would just have limitations. Yeah, on like, oh, what what can I actually say? That's why it would be my, so hard. My brain, to right? It would be a very big challenge. A very big challenge. Yeah. Even for DMs, like, I feel like oh, that would be real a hard. A Modron pours you a glass of water and does it perfectly without looking yeah yeah right it, you would have to express it in those ways you know yeah but like um i would be a lot of like non speaking for me where i'd be like um uh, modron travels in the back of the party consistently as you guys travel through the woods and you notice that it's at a slower pace because when you look back he's rearranging everything that you've all stepped on to be in the most perfectly aesthetic order uh, mm -hmm. And so it's taking him a little longer to keep up with the party. You yeah. know? And if anybody were to try to ask him about it, then the real fun would begin because how the fuck are you supposed to express that as like a single thought organism, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like the whole world's an equation that he's constantly solving. Yeah. Putting back into rightful place, yeah. you know, balancing it all. It would be a fun 
a fun uh, role play experience with uh, mm-hmm. the Modrons from a DM perspective. Also a yeah. difficult one, I think. Like if you were going to, I think it would be cool to like go to Mechanus because like you that could would, as- yeah. you could essentially just probably go and as long as you're not fighting everything, you could probably get to Primus fairly easy. They're gonna just let you unless your unless your presence there is going to disrupt the order of the universe you're pretty much just good to go i feel like (laughs) um the most difficult part was would be you might have to play rules lawyer for yourself for a while yeah you know like maybe while while being in mechanis at, at least but i i have a hard time believing that like there's a plane wouldn't let people in unless like the the, like drive behind the plane is something that like would have that motivation because like if you think about it a human in the abyss the demons are going crazy trying to rip that thing apart you know a human in limbo like the the actual plane is trying to rip that human apart because it's a match of willpower yeah Yeah, exactly you know and so i feel like any part of the the cosmos as you would would allow you to be there it's just how much you could how long you could survive based on the rules of that plane and mechanist seems like one of the easier planes to exist in uh, outside yeah. of the prime until you, know? you go to speak to primus and he makes your <laughs> he turns your brain into soup because yeah of, because of his his ca- law catastrophically intelligent like thought process <laughs> i wonder what would happen if you put a character that is just essentially a completely chaotic version of what they are aka stampy on a place like <laughs> Mechanic. oh God. i mean like, i'm probably like, being hunted by the inevitables as we speak I, yeah honestly yeah yeah like i'm i'm in, i'm trying to think i'm like would you would something start happening to like your structure would the land start to like do something to you would you be affected by the energy would you because it's like you have like unstructured energy with inside you with the god shard but also with like just who you are would just want to kill me yeah Yeah? i think destruction would be the easiest way to go about setting order to stampy's like chaotic ball of influence without understanding like how ingrained the the shard and stampy are together like are they is it still a separate entity within stampy or is it becoming part of him now you know what i mean the more he uses it without understanding that like it would just be easier just kill him yeah. but even for the shard yeah because i'm a loxodon who's not a loxodon so, You're a Loxodon raised by dwarves. They might a, be okay with it just because i was about to say that doesn't seem like an order breaking Paradox or but a anything like that. Paladin? Even well, then, there are still... Yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I just think that there, there's something There are that... even shadow paladins who basically work against what a, yeah. a paladin should. So I feel like until uh, until a being like really fucks with like physics, yeah, it's not really going to do much. Like... The other the other session when Stampy almost had all of the books of the future, that's something I could see having more ramifications than Stampy could oh, yeah. handle by himself. You know what I mean? Probably, which is what yeah. I was going for. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, destroying something that a deity is giving out, even if it's just like the sentient weapon of a deity, those are things that are, are deemed not only possible, but probably necessary by the, the like. Just taking the weapon instead of. Yeah, honestly. That would have been dope. But we didn't know that about the weapon. Oh, no, not well, until you got possessed by it. Yeah. Well, it was in, it was in a different part of the room, and I wasn't. Like, I, was, I thought it was like hidden in the mountain somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in a deep cellar. Sure. Just a sentient weapon of a god. Um, I thought it was in that room, but whatever. I don't know. Anywho. Is that the sound of footsteps marching outside uh, your window? Yeah, actually, there's a lot of them. Sounds like, wow, a lot of footsteps. A lot of note taking. I could hear the You're pencils scribbling from here. All right, I gotta uh -oh. go check that out because it's snowing and that. Make sure you clean up your room before you let anybody <laughs> in. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> I'm make my bed. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to another middle of the episodes. Hope you're enjoying our little talk about Modrons this week. Super interesting, you guys. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, also, if you want us to talk about something different, something new, something you're passionate about or just want to know about, you can reach us at, at morningswmonsters at gmail.com. Also, as always, huge shout out to at Cake. Check out some awesome work on Instagram. Uh, they did our cover art and we love it. We love it so much. Also, if you found out about us by scanning a QR code on a little sticker, somebody, some, somebody smacked up on a bathroom stall or, you know, maybe a telephone pole or something like that. Uh, that is all thanks to at Olava's Cryptid Crafts. Again, check them out. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, not much to talk about other than Modrons this week. So we will uh, we will continue the episode now. Yeah, there's a there's an army of Modrons just kind of walking through the streets. They're not one dude ran out with a baseball bat, but he's dead now. Um, but yeah, other than that, they're not doing anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess let's hop into some prompt questions and get those yep. brain juices flowing. You must have everything in order there, Dylan. In order? We'll see. Yeah, they're not bothering you. Oh, I mean, they don't. Yeah, we'll see. They haven't come inside. Um, friends or foe? Would you befriend them and how would you do it? Would you fight them? How would you do it? I can see both. Yeah, There's if you're fighting thing. them, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of fighting. It depends on how many you interact yeah. with as well. I was yeah. like going to say, if you can, if you're going to fight one, you're going to win. But yeah, yeah. Okay, got hold 22 on. Twenty-two hit points. If you're, if you're going to fight one in the base of the hierarchy, but well, if that's you're gonna... what I'm saying. Though we're not, we're. Not, I mean, I, I realistically don't see a player just happening upon like Modrons. Yeah. Modrons that are higher level than than the third, you know, like I just it's one of those things like and even then if you do happen upon a Modron, you're happening upon more than one. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. Also highest level Modrons are humanoid looking, so you might mm -hmm. not even know. Kinda humanoid. Kinda humanoid. But yeah. you might who knows? We don't know. Uh one underneath the secondus I think has like a, a maced a mace of bone on the end of its tail. Even though it has two legs, I feel like most humans would be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> but like, as a friend, like we were talking about earlier, I don't think it would be too hard to 
I don't know. I don't know if they're like really capable of like what we would call friendship, but you could tag no, along. You could not. tag along with a Modron as long as you're not problematic, and I don't think that they would care. You know. I agree. Um, there's yeah. a legend of a paladin with the title of the Seeker, who is the one who recorded the last Modron, the Great March of the Modrons, and I feel like if he's allowed to do that, then. There, there are other possibilities of people being able to, like, have a conversation with one or, you know, talk about logical trains of thoughts with one, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think you could befriend, befriend it pretty easily if it's a rogue Modron. Oh, yeah. Just because pretty. they they start to gain some individuality, uh, which you can play to. Um, but they still can't be really controlled by you know magic of the mind as long as much as your dm will allow which i think is super powerful but they also just see things as they are at a mathematical level so i think that could also like if you're going up to an ancient door covered in runes and it's locked <clears throat> they might just be able to go up and like see see it for see it as numbers you know yeah essentially and just be like, do, oh. you, do you guys think that they all see things like the matrix um i don't I don't know if they do, but I think they understand things that way. Yeah. Because Primus can. Yeah. You know? And he creates yeah. them essentially in his image because eventually they become him or could become him. I'm trying to remember exactly like there's like one thing like they can either see magic, like they can just see magic or there's something like that where they're just like overpowered as a familiar. Super cool. I think it would be pretty easy to befriend in that situation. I think it would be really hard to befriend if you're just straight up going to Mechanus. I don't think those those Modrons are really going to give you the time of day unless you're creating chaos. Or I think I think it would be a very strange to go to Mechanus and talk to the beings there because they're all busy. Yeah, it would be yeah. hard for sure. I would just want to observe. I don't think I'd want to be a friend or a foe. I would just want to be an onlooker. Okay. Yeah. Observe them observing you. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting. Also, if you want to fight one, just throw it a paradox. Yeah. yeah it will break the, break their minds. I just want to, like, find the universe's riddles and give them to them. I think that they, you know, AI rules, paradox might be the answer to breaking I'm talking, minds. like, riddles as far as, like, the riddles that, like, Livy and Drew bring us. Not yeah, like... yeah, yeah, the solvable ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, like, game-breaking Riddles so like see the them just like so see them answer them for you yeah, yeah. it's just Agreed. riddles they're like banana it the answer <laughs> is obviously but what um how is that obvious sir how <laughs> they start spewing out numbers it fits the treasure box right <laughs> all right well uh i mean that one's that one's a little bit unique of a question for these guys because for these guys yeah they're not really not really an obvious answer either way no and i don't think you want to fight them they seem like pretty chill pretty cute little guys unless they're trying to kill you which and or I think if your character has like i mean if you have an anti-establishment uh background you're not gonna want to be around these guys but outside of that if you have at least a cool understanding of like that order should exist yeah and you're cool you know like you won't have a hard time all right, Alex, the next character you play has to be a super, you have to, I feel like you have to play like a super straight edge paladin because 
all of your characters are like a little chaotic, a little like they're they're all very like anti uh, establishment, like anti like like as much as you're there for the Vanguardians, you're also like, but I'm going to break shit if it makes more sense or if I don't understand it. Like you're just going to be a super (laughs) paladin oath of what, like the righteousness or something. Yes, the super basic vanilla one. Oh, God. No, it doesn't have to be basic vanilla, just like... Well, no, but the personality is going to be, it's going to be hilarious. Could you guys, I mean, honestly, can you really imagine, you imagine how much like, success I'll have with that? Probably very little, but I, I think fun. those players you are hard have to play to with. You your most, yeah. like, uh, lawful stampy. Lawful stampy? I know. Stampy has had a couple moments that are, like, true paladin-like, but, like... He was having more of them at the beginning, that's for sure. Yes, exactly. But... He's something. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Stampy willing to call the health department in a long time. So I was talking about calling the health department yesterday. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you were looking at something. The, yeah, they the had fantasy been... drug administration. The yeah. FDA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We had. We talked about Asha too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they. They weren't regulating any of their food in this town we went to. It was just, it said meat pies. Who knows what kind of meat. It was terrible. Terrifying. I mean, the meat pies were really good, but they, still. They were good. But it was terrifying cafeteria lunch food. Yeah, pretty much. Very. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fan- fantasy regulatory go- governing bodies. Gotta have were, them. If you were to homebrew this monster, what would you add or change? Also a difficult question. Oh my god, but I feel like there's there's literally 14 versions of this goddamn creature, not including the variant that helps with the like I think I only have one change. augmentation if I would homebrew it. I like the fact that like inevitably a single moat like monodron, right? Could become Primus yeah. at some point. It, I, I like the idea. What if we took that a step further and like made Primus the actual consciousness of every single Modron in existence. And the reason that the like lower castes can only do like a very short amount, a limited amount of things at once is because like the longer he extends his consciousness, the less control he has like over that being. That's really, you know what I mean? So like at any point you could be actually talking to Primus. I like that. And you don't know unless it's like a level where he can like get his consciousness through to be like, I'm Primus, fuck you. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really makes past, like You're talking perfect. about up into the tens. Yeah. Well, like I it makes perfect sense. I don't know if you guys saw this, but <clears throat> um like all of the Modrons are aware of Primus's existence, but if you were a uh if you were a monodron who was um being talked to by like a pentadrone like you would be you would just think it was like some extraordinarily powerful uh duodrone you oh. you don't really like have the right. concept like, of like anything was saying, that's like higher than the one too above higher than you got you yeah that's cool. so like once you become a duodrone you're aware of the 
tri drone and you're aware of Primus, but you're not aware of like really any of the other guys. They're just like things around you. But you're always aware of Primus. That's that's interesting because yeah. that, that means only so, Secondus would understand Primus. Well, yeah, like to that true extent. Also, I don't, I don't even think they would understand him. Just well, yeah, it's less of like an understanding and more of like, yeah, like they're all aware of him to a certain extent already. So right. I think that like if you added in that like mental connection, like I think it fits in the storyline if it wasn't already a thing because of the way that works. Like, yeah, it does actually track very well, and I think yeah. I think they're hive mind. I would assume I they're that they hive have mind, to but be, they right? do have um, there's they some do kind have, of like clairvoyance abilities um yeah, the the higher levels can replicate a lot of things like that. they're just immune to like the mind stuff and like yeah. emotion affecting things but yeah. i don't necessarily think that they're written as like a hive mind but i think that it fits extremely think, well into yeah. the i think yeah. i would um if i'm going to add or change anything just put a hard la like line in the sand about what magic can affect them because yes. i think it's awesome to have a creature that you just can't use magic on i mean maybe yep. some magic but like primus he's immune to all magic like you just you can't use magic on him oh. unless there's like a specific item that was made by a god to fight primus yeah to like neutralize that yeah a, a well if you're draw if you draw your magic from positive energy or negative energy planes then they are immune to it yep yeah, and I th I think just adding that like specific like sure. yeah I, like say this is what you you can't use abjuration conjuration you know like yeah. you can't use any spells on these things or like they have a it might have to be like one school of magic works like you probably have to it's probably easier to figure out what works on them versus yeah. what doesn't yeah I th I think if I was gonna change something I would that maybe make that a little bit more clear. Because I sure. think I think it was in original, like originally, you couldn't use any magic on them when magic was simpler. That makes um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fun. Uh, do we agree with their base alignment? Lawful neutral. I think these motherfuckers are the embodiment of lawful neutral. Yes. They completely I'm unbiased. They don't. There is no good or bad when order is looked yeah. at from such a logical point of view. Yep. You know. Much like the slot, they they kind of just fit that. They are the And they're created for the purpose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a reason why we have that on the uh, Yeah, on the, on board, the alignment. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I, I can't I mean, really there's even always, think of an argument for, for yeah, anything. There's always the exception. With, like we said, there's going to be the rogues. And while they are very cool, they're still very out, much the outlier in in the grand scheme um you can go up or down the cast list and 99.99 percent of the time every single modron will fall into that uh, lawful neutral category where they are sticklers for the rules and they have no personal investment in it outside of the law is the law yep mm -hmm. order is order um and now it's time for everyone's favorite question uh how would you like to see them used in gameplay or media i think they're they're just under underused in current dungeon literally i used have no them. idea what these were when i pulled it up yep i think the only thing that i would specifically like to see with modrons is 
at the end of uh, Divine Discord, we get Stampy in his, like, pure chaotic state. Like, he's more chaos than he is even fucking Loxodon at You're this point. You're talking about, like, level 20 Stampy? Yeah, level 20 Stampy, and he, what? like, goes into this, this, like, monastic building that he thinks is just gonna be, like, a raid for him. And in reality, he walks into, like, 100,000 Modron and, like, uh, like a Secundus or something a little bit lower than that, sitting as, like, a judge. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. waiting for you to basically walk in and just kind of succumb to your, your lawful judgment. 100,000? That's only 500,000 hit points. It might take a while, but maybe. Really? I mean, wow. There's only 5 HP on, on a mono drone. Yeah, um, but I mean, you could do that? You think what, at level 20? Kill 500,000's worth of HP? Yeah. I think I would have to break some... I would have to... Maybe not with my base character sheet, but maybe, like, I could stay alive and take out large chunks of them doing some chaotic ass shit i was about to say maybe even like using your chaos start to just put a bunch of them in inactivity because of like all paradox. I, I mean i just need another bag of holding right <laughs> <laughs> i'll take out i'll take out a big chunk of them yeah. i swear to god that's our solution in divine discord it's just we don't know bag of holding Put it in the bag of holding. Oh, I meant, I meant put another bag of holding inside my bag of holding. Oh, no, dude. You can't no. do that. It's Doesn't fine. it create a black hole? It's 100,000 enemies. You need something strong. That's true. <laughs> You're going to create a black hole? Yeah, well, <laughs> apparently you can, yeah, a black hole to the astral sea. That's amazing. Oh, that's easy. Just go up into the sky. Find the, find the fuzzy... Great. I would I would try and at level twenty, I don't know, a couple misty steps, a couple <laughs> couple favors from a couple gods. Maybe I could do it. I I think that by the time we get to level twenty, we will have encountered a couple deity like creatures. A couple more deity like creatures, if not full on deities like Nearus. Yeah. Because we still gotta find the Kalashtar god, which is my god. Um, well not the 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 original Kalashtar. Uh anyway, different thing. Yeah, it's easy to forget that people probably don't know what we're talking about. Like through context clues, if you've listened to every episode, you might be able to get the general vibe of one of the campaigns. <laughs> but uh, hey, you guys want us to just uh record some some bonus content of chatting about our campaigns, giving you the lowdowns like yeah, trust we me. Do that me. At length. We do that at length already, and yep. if you wanted us to record it one day, just uh, let us know. So the Modron March happens every 289 years. That's not a long period of time. No, it's not. I mean, elves will live for like quadruple that, right? Or yeah. like like that. Essentially, like so they see that at happen. At least double. Yeah. At least double. They'll see it maybe once or twice. But you never, well, you never see it. that. It's never in any campaign, probably because it's just a fucking weird thing, and maybe it doesn't happen. But I'm assuming there's like, I think it's they ten thousand, maybe more of these little guys, and they just create a, a super highway of themselves. Just imagine, you know, putting that 
the Modra March on like a D100 and you just roll it every session. <laughs> and like maybe they'll just appear in a ripping reality and just start marching across your campaign. No matter what you're doing or where you are, they just could appear in mass. Because like they'll. I don't know. They they could even like just show up in the underdark. Like they go through all these different planes. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. I'm sure that I'm sure they don't show a lot of fear, because they're just like, let's go, incapable, let's observe. Really. Yeah. So, I think that would be really interesting just to like randomly throw the Modron March in, um, mm -hmm. or or build an entire campaign around going to Mechanus. And like we had talked about a campaign where uh, you travel to uh, the realm of chaos that I forget uh, the name of, but going there to try and like kill all the slot. And then you find out that the slot are, you know, just they're wronged <laughs> essentially because they didn't want to exist in the first place. I think Mechanist would just be a great like arc of that campaign. Fun. It yeah be. yeah going there sounds really fun yeah i think it would be really really fun as a dm to explain or like put them in a situation where like they just can't be chaotic because the the literal like space that they're in keeps correcting all of the crazy stuff they do yep i think that'd be fun <laughs> especially our vanguardians kimmy would hate it oh my yeah. god it would be kimmy would hate it they start singing and it auto tunes your voice, like all your crazy magical like effects that change your hair color and stuff all just kind of stop working. Oh no! Her ring activates, but it's like only in order. So yeah. it's like whatever number one is, number two is, number three. Yeah, and it activates at specific increments. Yeah, like every ten oh, minutes or something. Oh, God. <laughs> and then the effects are all changed too to like more ordered things i think mm -hmm. uh i just really like mechanist maybe maybe not a full campaign setting but like uh an arc like a one two. shot would be fun a one shot know? there yeah it's it's much like the i think it's easier to dm mechanist than it would be the realm of chaos in my opinion yeah my brain yeah. would have an easier time with it because there's a set of rules <laughs> instead of like the exact opposite of like there are lack of rules. them yeah yeah only rule is that like things cannot be in order yeah that's weird here i i have a fun one uh maybe a question we could start asking um if you were gonna play one of these what class would you play paladin that's my so? first choice yeah i think that's obvious uh mm -hmm. the yeah. obvious choice is paladin i'd probably play a wizard who subclasses as a scribe you know and like I would take a lot of like interesting, but not quite so powerful spells. Like prestidigitation comes to mind right off the bat because it's an easy, simple one that a lot of people have. But I would imagine that if I'm a Modron wizard scribe, I would have something that would return things to its original state. And yeah, um, you know, I was thinking of playing like if you're a rogue Modron, maybe make it like a druid. And all of your wild shapes are like steampunk. <laughs> Metallic forms of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's like, there's probably a circle of something that would make sense for the Modron. I'm sure there's some sort of circle of order. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. 
Also, we will be posting some pictures of these guys on our Instagram because, damn, they they're like weird. they're weird, but like they're so cool. Like, I yeah. feel like sometimes I'm let down by the designs of some of the characters because I'm like, I don't know, it's not really what I pictured, or it seems kind of like boring for what it could be, or it, like they're just the design of the character. Maybe there wasn't enough, like as much like effort put into it, but like damn these guys are detailed they are weird they are they are different there's not really a natural or normal thing about them and i wouldn't really even say that they their look could be compared to anything else no they're very unique they're yeah and like each version of them is also very unique yes sir. yeah they're very weird all right well now they're knocking on my door and for you oh, yeah uh... there's a line and for your inquiry. You know, maybe it won't be so bad. They could organize my house for me real quick. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or they'll just kill me because it will be faster. Just make sure you don't have like a flux capacitor or like um, a small hadron collider in your house. Mm, you should be all right. No, I think I got rid of the collider a while ago. Um, all right, cool. Good call. Dangerous. You know, with all these monsters that have been roaming about. Could be dangerous. Probably best that you didn't have something so dangerous. Yeah. Plus, I could, you know, I'm probably corrupted at this point. Probably not even me anymore. I'm a secret slot. Who knows? Just a uh, secret slot. <laughs> secret slot. Oh, they'll definitely kill me. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Mornings with Monsters. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dylan. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.